Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive podcast on all things early 2000s, well, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Margo. And I'm your other host, Emily. Well, we'll meet again. <laughs> I feel like this needs a convoluted plot twist. Like an Olsen's twin movie. In the last 15 minutes, though, Margo. Oh, okay. Let's not have a consistent plot drama. We don't start with the plot twist. No, absolutely not. No, let's... Oh, no, the plot twist would be that one of us is already dead. Yeah, exactly. The most important thing is And we're a widowed father now. (laughs) Exactly. With... Who just happens to have two twin daughters. Two of everything. It makes it better. And, you know, the real plot here is that we each get boyfriends, and we have different ways of getting them, because we're both attracted to different men. But really... But they also happen to be friends, because we can't not do everything together. No, of course not. Of course not. That's how real friends operate. Of course not. Pen 15 has reinforced this notion. (laughs) Absolutely. If you haven't guessed, today we're going to be talking about the Olsons, the Olsen twins, or the Olsons, which I wanted to say both. Yeah. I I feel like they want to be called Olsens now versus Olsen twins, but yeah. Right, because they're adults now. They are adults. And they have a well-respected fashion brand. Yeah, yeah. And it's great that I... Provided my own segue there because we're going to be talking about their direct-to-TV movies or direct-to-video, the behemoth that is Dual Star that produced God knows how many. Do you have a count? Yeah, we are at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen movies that are two, twelve are direct-to-video, 
to our um, theatrical, theatrical releases. releases. And that doesn't even count their You're Invited to Mary-Kate and Ashley or The Adventures of Mary-Kate and or Ashley. Or their music video. Yeah. The oh, Party Time. Yeah, like they had... Brother them. for Sale. Brother for Sale. Only 50, <laughs> 50 cents. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had an empire. But we're going to be talking about their fashion as it relates to their illustrious movie career. Yes. And then obviously get into some of their fashion that they have going on now, past and present, because as a listicle, I believe on MTV.com reminded me, um, they had everything from a makeup line to a brand of toothpaste and a board game. They really, and like bath products, I, I forgot about this. Right, but I was also recently reminded about Jessica Simpson's edible cosmetic oh, she, line. And how she got sick on the episode <laughs> of Newlyweds because she ate too much of it during the photo shoot. <laughs> I mean, I can truly relate because I really did sample that lotion a little one too many times Me and too. give myself an upset stomach, which is not a wonderful <laughs> a way to start your day. But um, yeah, I forgot all about that. I forgot that was even a trend and why it was a trend. Edible makeup. Why? Who was asking for it? Dogs. That's really it. But I don't think it was good for dogs either. No, no. It, no, and it was probably tested on them, which is really horrible. Cool. We're going to breeze past that <laughs> and just start talking about the Austin Twins. <sighs> so, I mean... We can get into, you know, their background in a minute, but I think the most important question is what we need to get into first is who are our favorite Olsen twins and why? Oh, yeah. Do so, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So I have two answers. Uh, when I was younger and a teenager, Mary-Kate was definitely my favorite because she was kind of a tomboy. She always played the smart girl in the movies. Like, she wasn't the ditzy one. Um, as an adult, however, for style purposes, I like Ashley better because I, I like her style more now. I mean, I think I've been I've been Mary Kate pretty much since day one. Yeah. From a style perspective and also personality wise. Yeah. Um, I think all of those when those pictures leaked when she was in high school of her like drinking at parties like she looks cool. I know you guys are trying to like shame her, but I would actually don't wouldn't mind being her. That yeah. looks like a pretty fun. I'm a party. cigarette off her. I know, minus the Spencer Pratt of it all. Oh my god, it looked like a fun time, and she's still my style icon now. Um, I know that she dresses like a pint-sized witch, and that's truly all of the appeal for me. I know that she's gone on to marry Nicholas Sarkozy's. Oh yeah, son, Olivier, Olivier, which, which is a strange. She looks, I mean, every time I see that picture of Elon Musk with Grimes, I also <laughs> think that Mary-Kate yes. kind of looks like that with her husband. Yeah, I'm does. not trying to be rude. That's no, not no, a no, read. No. That's more just like, like, it's a fact. Women. It's How like, do you look? Well, he's also, he looks much older. Much, he's like, I think 15, yeah. He's like 15, 16 years older, but he looks old for his age, I think. She always has looked young for her age because she's very petite. And Grimes was too, like kind of like with Grimes and Elon. And the picture that creeps you out the most is the one where they each are with their kids because in both cases these men have like teenage children who, who are, are the as same. tall yes. as Mary Kate. And it's like, look, dad's out with his daughters. Yeah. I, what about the rumor that at their wedding reception they had just like jars of cigarettes on the tables? Oh, I fully 100% believe that. Can you oh, yeah, like, she married oh, a French guy. Of she course, married a I French be- guy. It's not that I don't believe MK it. is a signature chain smoker. Like, yes. Absolutely. 
And, like, can you imagine, like, these bespoke mason jars that have... I'm sure they were very chic. She's yeah, incredibly chic. chic. Yeah, yes, yes. I also appreciate that Mary-Kate continued acting even afterwards. Like, the last thing that she was in was Beastly, which is a god-awful movie, but she plays rightfully a witch in yeah. it, and she's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really good in terms of the quality of the movie by itself, which is a good bad movie. I highly recommend. It's very silly. I will have to check that out. Yeah, unfortunately, Alex Pettiford is the beast, and he's kind of a little snot in, in real life, so that kind of takes away from the enjoyment, but it should make you feel a little bit better that he currently doesn't have a career, so it's it's all fine. Yeah. It evens out. It, it ends up working out in the end. Well, the, the Olsen twins, I feel like their biggest appeal, especially when you're a tween, is that they're really, really relatable, and for me, it starts because they're also from the Valley. They're from Sherman Oaks. Yeah. So, you know, we are one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're from, they were born in Sherman Oaks. Uh, and they graduated from the exclusive Campbell Hall. Campbell Hall. Which is like a, it's vaguely religious. I mean, I went to the homepage, I was like, oh, and the first thing you see is God. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was yeah, that yeah. God-focused, but it's an Episcopal private school. And there were a lot of, so it's, it's they went there, and then there's a lot of celebby spawn that went there. So a lot well, of... The Kardashians went. The Kardashians Paris went, Hilton. Paris Hilton. Um, One I, of my co-workers from a shoe store. Yeah, like a lot of families, like a lot of people I didn't expect. Um, I And it's also, you know, so it, it's because they had industry parents. Like oh, and Spencer Pratt. Spencer Pratt. Like, it was an interesting, I, I looked at the Wikipedia page and I was, I was interest, very interested in what I found. I, and you know what I found? If you go to their alumni page, none of these people are mentioned. What? I know. That would be the first fucking thing I would put on the page. No, I checked their alumni and like they just had some girl named like Karen or whatever holding up a certificate like, our alumni gives back. So I guess they just don't donate, so oh, they no. aren't recognized. There will be no Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen Auditorium. <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be a Spencer Pratt soccer ball. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Olsen Twins obviously got their start as Michelle on Full House from 1987 to 1995. They were nine months old. I know. That's insane. And because of child labor laws, which I love, I love that they got to put that in there because otherwise they probably would just like work a poor baby yeah, until yeah. a poor baby couldn't work anymore. Oh my God, can you imagine some like baby with bags under their ass? <laughs> baby chain smoking? It's been a tough, oh like, ba- like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh God. Oh, traumatizing. <laughs> Yikes. Or even just that baby from that dinosaur show on ABC oh, Family. I'm a baby. Gotta love me. There you go. That, that baby. Anyway, uh, they went on to start their really successful production company, Dual Star, which is responsible for all of these cult classic among teen girls slumber parties. I mean, it was, yeah, it was movies. It's... I mean, it started with Double Double Toil and Trouble. Yeah. Which was when they were, it was like probably Fresh, do you have a date? I don't. Yeah, nineteen ninety. So there's two grandmothers' house we go in nineteen ninety two, and then double double toil and trouble in nineteen ninety three. Because they were still babies. Yeah, they were like very small, like kindergarten age children. And but it was really cute, and I think it became popular because it was syndicated on a Disney or an ABC Family or something like that. Right. These were not obviously movies that went to movie theaters, but they were like you know I think they had a great shelf life as videos. I was going to say it's exactly yeah. how you discovered it was going to a video store and exactly. you'd be like. Oh, it's the girls from Full House. I like them. They're my age. I wonder what they're doing. Yeah. And then you pop in Passport to Paris, and then you're a fan forever. Oh, my God. Or at least that's my personal story. My childhood friend and I were obsessed with... I mean, we still kind of are low-key obsessed with the Olsen Twins. Like, we check in every once in a while. But from precisely 1998 till 2009-ish, we would trade 
frequently if we were asking each other's opinion for either a new hairstyle or a pair of sunglasses we were thinking we could pull off it was nine times out of ten an Olsen twin was sporting said haircut or t-shirt or bag oh yeah I had layered hair for a solid several years because we oh, were Mary Kate Olsen very that it was I, I think I wrote somewhere else in my notes is like their haircut was the Rachel for tweens it really was I in fact got my hair cut I asked to get that haircut when I was going to high school, and I wasn't going to high school with anyone I knew, so I was like, new look, new Emily, new girl, like, and I got a messenger bag. This is how you make friends. Yeah, so I... Haircuts. Haircuts and a messenger bag, and I made friends, but not because of that. I'll just put it that way. The haircut did not quite look Mary-Kate-esque. Before middle school, I wanted to have, for my school picture, I wanted to have, like, a Mary-Kate haircut. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went to Supercuts. First and last time, cut my hair so short, I cried the entire way home. I fucking hate that picture of me in sixth grade. It was just, it looked awful. It was like borderline mullet, you know? And then the second that it grew out long enough to put it in pigtails, you bet your ass I wore pigtails for an entire summer. But that's, I think, what Pen15, the show we've both been watching this at this point, like, I think that captures that perfectly, that everyone in middle school had that one haircut they wanted to get to look awesome, and then they did it, and it looked awesome awful on them it's a rite of passage i mean i think i took the dv or the excuse me vhs cover of passport to paris and like i want this haircut and maybe it looked shorter in the photo than anyway all i remember was it was an absolute disaster and i was mortified i got the carol brady like let's be honest in layered hairstyles i wanted the mary kate and i got the carol brady (laughs) from mary kate to carol brady (laughs) the emily vejan story (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the smartest thing that the Olsen's, the Olsen twins did was they capitalized on what they were going through and made it sort of approachable and attainable for tween girls because as they got older, their demographic got older right along with them, right? Like, I, I think yeah. everybody that was a fan of the Olsen's were plus or minus two to three years within their age range. It's a very mid-80s to late, early 90s range. Like, it's, yes. it's like people... People t- that, like, watched Full House. Right, 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 who are maybe, like, two years older than you and I, but then people all the way down to, like, my sister was born in 1990 and, like, maybe a couple years after that. Mm-hmm. They kind of always had this sort of attainable aspect to their lives. Like, I, I feel like they also... I don't know if it was intentional on their part or not, but they had a lot of, like, get-to-know-the-Olsen-twin specials that would, like, air on ABC Family yeah, or Disney yeah. Channel where you got to see a peek into their family. Like, oh, we have other siblings. We're not just twins. And then I remember when their parents got divorced, it was sort of a story for, like, Entertainment Tonight or something. I remember it was definitely mentioned because yeah. I don't know why I would know that before pre-internet age that they had divorced parents as well. But, I mean, obviously, we would go on to know Elizabeth Olsen as, like, an actress within her own right, especially since the twins don't act anymore. Yeah. But one of the smartest things that they ever did beyond create Dual Star was have this partnership with Walmart where they created not only, like, board games or toothpaste. Well, that was actually with, like, Aquafresh. But board games or um, they had a boom box. Um, they also created a makeup line and, obviously, a clothing line where yes. they would sell the like the signature looks from their movies like take for example our lips are sealed yeah those like electric blue and pink tank tube tops yeah those were all sold in walmart 
And that, at the time, what's interesting, I won't go into too much history about their lines, and we'll talk about that later, but the reason they start a lot of this is, one, they know they'll make a ton of money, but two, right. when they were filming those movies, oftentimes the stylists would buy adult-sized clothing, and they would have it tailored, so, because they're tiny, right. that, to, to and fit And they're that. also children. And they're children, so, like, they would find adult styles that they thought were cool, tailor it to look more age-appropriate, um, and to fit their bodies, and it became so popular that that's all. I remember, for me... Plots were almost secondary in Olsen Twin movies. Completely. Fashion was, and and we talk about this in our notes, we each have, like, some style standouts for us that really mattered. I mean, I definitely remember, we, my friend and I wore out renting, I mean, we never owned, I think eventually I ended up getting it for Christmas or something, because my parents got tired of paying to rent it, (laughs) but we'd run down the street, because my friend lived a couple blocks away from, like, a little strip, like a community strip mall where yeah. there was like a mom and pop video store and we would rent it every single weekend that we saw each other which was probably two to three weekends a month yeah and then we wouldn't even at a certain point we just like knew all the lines it didn't really matter anymore we would like pause it and be like oh what does that skirt look like and where can we find it and like how could we afford it because i think a lot of my notes were the style highlights were like it's delia's catalog limited yes. to yes. Gap, like the the cuter parts of gap girl yeah and, like, these platform sandals. And also it came down to, like, finding accessories. Yes. And, like, we would also, my friend and I would go to, like, Venice Beach and try and find, like, cheap hair clips that look like theirs. And we would have, like, photos that we had taken from her TV with a fucking film camera. Oh, my God. And be like, can you help us? Yeah, or Polaroids, whichever was more yeah. convenient. But sometimes the flashback from the TV wouldn't work. camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh obsessive disposable cameras. Me too. But anyway... Um, their first big TV show post Full House was, it ended up kind of being more popular upon being syndicated, but I thought it, I watched it in real time and then watched the syndicated episodes on top of it, uh, two of a kind. It started out as a TGIF staple and it marked their return to TV and it was a little bit like Full House in the sense that the premise involved recently widowed father who is outnumbered by his much smarter daughters, even though he's... Get this, Emily. He's a fucking college professor, but these 11-year-old girls are smarter than him. Of course they are. Waka Scheming and dreaming. It was also part the nanny because they had a smart, young, attractive woman who also was a student of college professor dad's who ended up becoming their nanny and develops, like, a will-they-won't-they thing with the father. But she also helped... She was also, like, the maternal figure, obviously, for the Olsen twins. And she's, like, a little bit older, right? She's 26. Okay, okay, because I remember, like, thinking to myself, this is kind of creepy, this, like, like professor... Well, I think it's because she also, in looking at photos, she also kind of looks a a lot younger, but she's supposed to be 26, and the description of her on the wiki page was hilarious, because it was like, she's an older student, I was like, because she's 26, like, (laughs) because she spent time traveling the world to figure herself out, I was like, okay. (laughs) So she doesn't have the (laughs) self-esteem issue. No, I'm like, I don't... Are you guys trying to diss her right now? It's <laughs> such a bizarre way to phrase it. She's got more tire marks. <laughs> She's been rode hard and put away wet <laughs> to college. <laughs> I don't understand. Lots of people go back to college <laughs> as they get older. It's not that bizarre. No, no it's a haven't you seen a, Yeah, haven't you seen a University of Arizona commercial? <laughs> I, people of all ages in those Phoenix. <laughs> What did I say? You said University of Arizona. Close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it only lasted one season, but it was, this was also standard network cable, so it had 22 episodes 
which in today's time is like two seasons kind of. Yeah. Um, it gained a bigger following after its cancellation thanks to it being syndicated on ABC Family, which at the time, and this will come into play later, was actually Fox Family. Eventually, ABC, Disney, especially now since they own part of most of all of Fox anyway, um, they bought out Fox Family named ABC Family, and yep. that's sort of where So Little Time kind of comes in, and that's why they have, like, a messed up season, but I'll get to that later Ooh. chronologically. Interesting. But anyway, it, it was syndicated on Fox Family, and it was also popular because Two of a Kind had a book series, which was something that they would go on to do for So Little Time as well, and their movies. They had 40 books, right? Yeah. Holy shit. And you would definitely see these at Scholastic Book Fairs. Oh, so much. And that's probably the only place where I bought them. I probably had about 10 of them. I had some. None of them, like, I didn't have, like, a full series. Like, I'd bought, like, maybe one or two from, like, a couple different franchises. I inherited some Full House ones as well, because they had book series, Oh, too. my gosh, you're right. Yeah, it was, like, they were maybe 45-page long books. Right, right. Super thin, colorful cover yeah. with, like, a picture of them on the front from exactly. whatever. Yeah. It was, like, extended adventures. Yeah. I wish more TV shows would have book companions. That'd be fun. Anyway, some of the fashion highlights, like I said, was like Adelia's look mm -hmm. um, or like Gap Girls, colorful tops with like capri pants and like long kind of like pencil skirts, but like a little bit more fitted yeah. for like a preteen. And they always had like great hair. So they had like a side swoop bang mm -hmm. and barrettes. Mm -hmm. The Rachel for 12-year-olds, and yeah. a reoccurring theme that you'll see with their hairstyles are bandanas. Yes. A lot of fucking bandanas. Yeah. I haven't really quite cracked that nut. I mean, I think it was of the time, like, late 90s, early 2000s, because it's, like, camo pants and bandanas, and I don't know why this is popular, but cargo pants are also popular, so why not? Yeah, and we see a lot of that in um, in their the movies that come after Two of a Kind, which are Our Lips Are Sealed and Winning London. Yeah, um... A quick note, though, post Two of a Kind, this is sort of where they solidified, like, the tropes of the twins. Oh, yes. Um, which would go on to repeat in all of their movies anyway. Mary-Kate was always, like, the rebellious tomboy one. Or, like, in the challenge, she's, like, a boho, tree hugger, yeah. like, kind of, like, hippie-ish or, like, rocker-ish yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, A simple plan light, if you will. <laughs> We'll go into that later. Yep. And then Ashley was always the girly girl overachiever or sometimes, like, the dits. But she always had, like, larger aspirations and had to kind of, like, be roped into the schemes. Yes. Um, and they usually communicated these subtle differences between the twins in their costuming a lot of the times. So they would have them match or they'll be on theme, but they'll have, like, slight tweaks to sort of differentiate them to indicate that one's the po one's the tomboy, one's the girly girl, or one's the hippie and one's the priss one. The biggest one I found that's almost consistent throughout is Ashley always has wavy hair. Mm -hmm. So so Mary Kate almost She always, loves a beach curl. She loves a be like that John Frieda beach waves. You best <laughs> believe she was scrunching and bunching. Okay, look, I bought Bumble and Bumble's beach wave yeah. because of these fucking Olsen twins. Oh, of course. So, of course. yeah. She, the John Frieda version, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Some hairstylist sold me on the Bumble and Bumble and probably because they just sold their products there, but oh, yeah. same diff, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, recently at my hair salon when I went to go pick up like a coloring toner shampoo, yeah. they're like, oh, you get some free samples. And without even saying anything, the woman's like, ooh, you look like you like a beach wave and just threw the beach wave spray in You're my like, bag. I was like, wow, marked for life, I guess. <laughs> seriously, once you smell like coconut once as a child. <laughs> you go, 
You do, uh, oh god, not Bed Bath & Beyond. Bath and Body Works. Oh my god. You go to Bath and Body Works for like four years straight and suddenly you're just somebody that loves a beach wave. And cucumber melon. <laughs> I really cannot smell that without wanting to vomit now. Luckily, <laughs> most of them have filed for bankruptcy and do, do not exist. Yes. But, uh, no thanks. I just got like non flashbacks thinking oh. about cucumber melon we'll lotion. Talk, we'll talk about the fragrances. We should just talk about mall. Yeah, just mall love stores. Love spell from Victoria's Secret. Ralph Lauren romance, my uh, friend. Tommy girl. <laughs> We'll talk Clinique. more about... Oh, my God. Clinique Clinique happy. happy. My sister wore that. They also just, like, shove that fucking sample down your throat. Everybody had it. My mag... You could literally just smother yourself in a magazine. And you'd oh. come out smelling like Clinique Happy. I used to steal, like, the perfume inserts in magazines from a bunch of different doctor's offices. That's an interesting klepto streak. Yeah, I don't know. I was bored. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I'll want to try this later and just rip it out. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, you were talking about winning London. Oh, yeah. Did so, that come before Passport to Paris? So, so Passport to Paris is the first one. Okay. Um, Passport to Paris is a influential movie in my tween life timeline. My friend and I were also, who was also obsessed with the Olsen twins, she's also French. We both had families in France. And every year for a good three years before, like, a family trip, we just, like, hope to God by some luck we'd have a passport to paris scenario trip instead of just regular hanging out with our families with two channels of tv to watch but mostly just reading a lot by ourselves and being overfed (laughs) no cute boys riding vespas or no no seeing the sights or supermodels that are like giving you a really fun fashion montage that's like better than Pretty Woman because Over nobody diet cokes. Yeah, and because nobody has to sleep with Richard Gere <laughs> in the end, so it's so much more comfortable. Um, Passport to Paris is like the th- I feel like the plot is the thinnest here mm. because there's not mm-hmm. really a twist. The twist is that they keep ditching their security detail and they keep getting in trouble for it. Yeah, and then like their grandfather realizes that he misses his family, so the twist is that he comes back to America, I guess. But it's the most blatant like we met cute boys. We're gonna run around Paris on these Vespas with helmets on and cute style and wear matching leather jackets, of which course. was. Another dream unfulfilled. But we did, my best friend and I did get matching leather purses that had, like, numbers on them. And we were like, that's good enough. It's not jackets, but at least they're bags. Didn't they have, like, a solo strap? They had, like, a little messenger bag. Yeah. Emily, it was your look from I know. when you started your new school. Oh Minus a leather jacket, which is honestly for the best. Probably. It would have been pleather, too. A pleather jacket in September? Oh, my God. No. In that Virginia heat? Absolutely That is not, not how we make friends, young lady. <laughs> But yeah. the, the plot was very thin. Yeah. The, the twins get surprised with a trip to France to visit a long-lost grandfather who is an ambassador of sorts to France. So he lives in, like, a sick-ass mansion. It kind of looks like it was Versailles adjacent. Not, yeah. like, any, not like close to Versailles, just, like, where the Versailles is located. It looks yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. where it was. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just a lot of fun montages of them running around Paris and having cute boyfriends. What is there to say other than the fashion? The hair accessories were a big point because they did have shorter hair at this point. It was the Rachel phase of time for them hair-wise. Yeah. So they had these really cute accessories to kind of mix it up. They would do, like, little buns or, like, half-dos, but they also had giant headbands, like signature headpieces. Yeah. Yes. Like, essentially half of a flower crown at one point. It's like a giant pink headband with big flowers on it, and it matches 
I believe it's Ashley's little camisole tank top because this was also like the cardigan set. Like, oh yeah, little cardigan camisole, and then either like capri pants or like a short skirt, yeah, or like jeans sometimes. Or they would have like the matching sweater set with the little camisole dress. Was a huge thing. Yes, it was. They also had like. Really cute tween girl evening wear. Yeah. Was sort of like a big thing. I this definitely... was sort of like the beginning of it because they had like, it would always lead up to like a ball. I feel like they followed a very similar formula of like um like a Disney princess movie in some ways. It's like ordinary girls in extraordinary situations and they yes. meet quote unquote Prince Charmings for their trip and it all builds up to like one big date or one big dance or, or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but they always led up to something where they had like the show-stopping outfit, which was always, like, some elevated style of what they've been channeling the whole time. Um, oh, yeah, the other thing I have is Tasteful Spaghetti Strap Dress. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many of those. Uh, and it's interesting to note that it's the same writer for Passport to Paris as Lips Are Sealed. He also would go on to direct a number of their movies, like The Challenge. Yeah, I noticed there are a lot of um, common factors in all these movies. With Our Lips Are Sealed, okay, so the fashion highlights... Not as iconic as Passport to Paris, but definitely digging in on that surfer skater trend, and also so, like a little bit took a little like um, Australian flair and incorporated they did. it. They did for sure, and also it was influential because I modeled a middle school dance outfit off of that like Mondrian. I was, print I was going to bring up the Mondrian print dresses. That's pretty the pretty much for me <laughs> the most iconic look was the Mondrian print dresses, um, and the electric blue and pink tube tops yes and then also whatever they wore on the cover because you walk by it all the time regardless of yeah. if you even rented that so movie they were big fans of the headbands here too so mm-hmm. so lots of those headbands and in the cover they're wearing those yeah and like there's a lot of this um not quite a tube not quite a um halter top but like you would a have halter this... tube top yeah combo. yeah yeah yeah. that's a big one here and Where it's... it's like a tube top but then you have two straps that you put around your neck i definitely had a bunch of those yeah. tops and you'll you'll see a lot more of those in holiday in the sun a few movies from now but okay they're very into this a lot of Billabong Roxy type surfer chic, like because he's like Austin, Australian. Yeah, Australian. You gotta uh, be ready to surf, mate. Of course, absolutely. Shrimp on the Barbie. So for what was interesting for me is like, thanks for not reacting to that accent. I'm, I'm, you know, normally I would entertain it, <laughs> but we got to plow on. We've through. got so many movies, so. and so much fashion. Go ahead. Sorry, I no. was just trying to derail you with my bad accent work. <laughs> Long story short on this plot, uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley, of course, named uh, Maddie and Abby, which, by the way, in a lot of these movies... Iconic names. Iconic names that I wanted. They do have an Emily and Billboard dad, though. Um, <laughs> Maddie and Ashley are in the Witness Protection Program. Oh, right. Because right, they because witnessed a jewel heist. I also love that this is starting a trend where grown men chase after young this, women. This happens in... And intimidate them. And it would be... I don't know. And then they get into sort of like um, Home Alone style hijinks of course but even still it's unsettling to watch the trailer for our lips are sealed because you watch like um andy richter try and intimidate them like like, new york minute yeah yeah yeah, he's like six two i know they're four nine you're like what are you fucking doing so when our lips are sealed the trailer's very much like that they have some like random foreign gangster who's like i will crush you you know and I made it sound like Drago, from <laughs> but he's for. like from some yeah. Slavic country, so, right? So they're 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 entered in the witness protection.
education program. The agent they work with is of Willie Geist, aka Stanford from Sex and the City. Perfect. Um, he they go to a bunch of places, but the deal is the family are a bunch of blabbermouths, and they keep spilling the beans everywhere they go. So finally, they're like, "This is the last place they'll ever want to find you in Sydney, Australia." So now the parents and the whole family is working at like a B and B situation, if I recall correctly, where they have like a lifeguard, a young like a young woman who works as a lifeguard that's like an older sister figure to them and like some old like eccentric australian dude who teaches them how to smash cans on their head which is ultimately how they become popular kids yeah that clips in the trailer yeah and they um meanwhile they also are uh they start going out with these surfer boys who are not popular because apparently at this high school surfers are kind of like uh the lodies from uh clueless a little bit like like travis yeah so they're like they're cool but they're not like popular kids and so that whole happens. But meanwhile, you know, there's a uh, plot here. There are, like, two conmen the assassins that are sent by this gangster to assassins! try to find... Assassins! Yeah. For 13-year-olds. One of whom is, by the way, actor Jason Clark, like, the guy from who played Ted Kennedy in Chappaquiddick, who was in Zero Dark Thirty, and, oh. and in Mudbound, that dude... Is what one of the because the, uh, oh, he's fuck. Australian and, and pet and pet cemetery. Yes, the so, new one. Yes, obviously. and the new one. So he is. This is one of his younger roles. Yeah. What? So he plays one of the assassins who ultimately uh, has a thing going with, if I recall correctly, with the lifeguard chick who works at the B and B. Which turns out she is an FBI agent. We find out at the end when all of this, of course, you know, the assassins turn out to be good people. They're like, we're going to be on your side now after they like Mary Kate Ashley Home Alone style them. Um, and then they all is well at the end and then they go back to America um, and the jewel thief is caught and I really don't feel like going more into the plot other than no iconic looks were we Mondrian obviously the Mondrian print dresses the headbands were very iconic because they're on the cover a lot of billabong Roxy headscarves so we talked about this earlier and peasant blouses are going to be a big thing so we you remember the headkerchiefs or whatever you want to call them I mean there were some straight up bandanas like if yeah. you look at this still from so little time I mean, she's straight up. Oh my God, that's biker. Yeah, she's just where. I mean, she kind of looks like she's dressing up as a troll for Halloween because her eyebrows are like so. Oh yeah. But... Just also like the lip and the bandana. It just looks a little off. But they wear this bandana over, not even like tied up in your hair, like over no, their forehead. Over their forehead. Sort of like, like a, a hell's angel. <laughs> like they're going to Altamont. Oh my god! Like Mad Max style. It's a little oh off-putting, so, especially for high school. I don't know about you, but we weren't allowed to wear. Well, you went no, to private school, so we absolutely were. But not. we were not able. We were not allowed to wear bandanas well, like that. Of, well, and also, is it because you were in LA and like? I mean, we're in Burbank, but even still, yeah. In terms of our lips are sealed, the fashion was not my personal favorite. My favorite is the next movie that I'm going to talk about, which is Winning Fucking London. This is my favorite Olsen twin movie. I It inspired me to at least seek out joining Model UN in high school, though I did not because I don't think the club existed anymore. But there's an actual clear plot in this movie, which is very different from most of these Olsen twin direct to video movies. Um, long story short, and the role reversal here, by the way, Mary Kate is like the, sh- you know, shit together, competitive, she's like, not sporty, but, like, competitive, like, straight-A student um, who's, like, captain of the Model UN team. And then Ashley is, like, the flirty... I don't... Well, no, I guess that that, that is their characters, but they're, like, some of the traits were swapped a little here. But essentially, they get... They go to a conference in London. Um, they are representing China, but then they find out the Brazilian team also got China, so 
they negotiate to get better hotel rooms, give China to Brazil, and then they get the United Kingdom as their country. So they tour the UK while learning all about it. Um, and in terms of, and then they later win the competition. Um, but in the meantime, there's also love stories. Um, Mary Kate falls in love with or starts flirting with the captain of the UK team who has Ireland as their country, starring a young Jesse Spencer from um, Uptown Girls House. Like he was one of the interns. And then Chicago Fire, which I didn't realize he was in. But oh, he I don't like, know him. Yeah. So if you if you watch any of those shows, you'd probably recognize him. He's like the British guy in those shows. Um, anyway, he looks very Prince William-esque. Like you could tell this is like 2001. So like they were very much trying to capitalize on the Prince William craze. And like oh sure, he happens to be the son of a lord. And like it's it's all very perfectly like he's probably going to Eton or whatever the school that they went to. But essentially, uh, the the movie has probably the best most realistic plot um there are some things that are a little weird here um the other love story is one of the other model un teammates ashley's character has a crush on him he always sees her as his little sister because the families are best friends or whatever and it's kind of weird because he's always calling her kid and they're like probably two years apart <laughs> like if they go they're able to be on the same model un team like chances are they are within two year yeah age but range. don't you remember dudes like that in high school who thought it was like funny yeah i to be like here's looking at you kid like cool are you gonna pull your fucking pocket watch next so so like what's interesting here though is that turns very quickly the moment where they do have the first kiss he's just called her hey kid, kid or whatever and and he's like, she thinks like, he's fucking Humphrey like, Bogart or yeah. some shit. She's like, hey, Brian, it's Riley. And he's like, Riley. And then they start making out. Ew. <laughs> in, a, in a shoot, by the way, like they're in a whatever air ventilator or whatever, because they're trying to get hostages out. There's a simulated, <laughs> there's a simulated. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hostage scene during the Model UN conference where they kidnap people, uh, Model UN students. Oh, goodness. And they put them in a room, and then it's on them to negotiate how they're going to negotiate with the terrorists. But they pull this coup. Please stop. They play this coup shit that, like, would never fly. Like, they would have gotten disqualified by the Model UN conference by trying to go. They sneak them out of the room. Like, it's, it's, and it's the weirdest. Anyway, so there are some moments. The other thing that I want to point out about this (laughs) moments of what being unhinged? (laughs) Totally. The other thing I want to point out is that at one point during this competition, the American Model UN team that the twins are on bribe people for votes by offering some things that would not work in 2019. Okay, here. Let's hear it. Playing time on a Game Boy. 
Okay. Because <laughs> this was a new game that had only been released in Japan, apparently. Time to read an American fashion magazine. So a vote for, like, an hour reading, like, a 17 magazine. Okay. American junk food. Okay. And then Kobe and Shaq jerseys. All right. The I, last one makes kind of the most sense. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't work now in 2019. Sure, because of the Kobe of it all. Yeah, but, but, well, and also, like, you'd be able to get any of these on Amazon, no matter where you live. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like, but, but, yeah, in terms of the other ones, though, like, it just wasn't very fair negotiation here. Well, I mean, the bribing would automatic disqualification. Again. They're like, it's, it's some pretty shady We're just shady playing stuff. fast and loose with these UN rules, it I sounds mean, like. I mean, it's pretty shady. So the only thing I really want to bring up here is that the fashion highlights for me, great outerwear is key. I was going to say, I remember the striking amount of great coats. Yes. Lots of great trench coats. Lots yes. of good neutrals. So a lot of camo, khaki, brown. And this is like a few years after the Gap khakis, like... So, and then you have, like, tight... And that's part of their, like, you can attain this look. That's part of their appeal to their demographic always. Absolutely. So they had, one of them was tie-dye pants, the other one was plaid. Remember plaid flares were a thing for a while? Yeah, because of this fucking movie. Or at least for me. Yeah. That's why. They sold them. I remember there's Delia's, and then, do you remember Girlfriends LA? That was the fucking brand I was trying to remember. Oh my god, I was looking up mall shops and like, what was that fucking store? I had a catalog when I cleared out my parents, my bedroom, my parents' house this past holiday season. I found one. Holy crap, do you have it? I need to find it. I hope to god they didn't throw it away. Like, I would, I'd probably cry because we could totally scan those. Uh, We need to take a look at that. Well, I mean, add that to like the mall stores catalog fashion idea. But oh yeah, my God. yes, I remember Girlfriends LA because I was like, yes, limited to, yes, wet seal, but what's the other one? It was driving me crazy. Girlfriends, and I got so many more catalogs from them than Delia's. Like, I had a lot of Delia's ones, but Girlfriends LA were pretty prolific on the catalogs. Yeah, and they were also kind of a little bit more like Forever 21 in the sense that they were cheaper and they just churned out more looks, whereas, like, Delia's tried to be a little bit more dignified yeah. by having seasons. Yeah. It was, I feel like Delia's in some ways like a precursor to anthropology. No, you're absolutely right and this was like the urban outfitters when even though urban outfitters already existed yeah a little bit so that's that those are big ones the other one this is the first movie where they really started styling the wavy hair so ashley had wavy hair mary kate had straight hair and another look that i particularly loved which is also in passport to paris to an extent the graphic tank top with the like mid-length skirt usually like a cargo skirt or a denim skirt with a slit um, or like the stretchy denim one. Yeah, it's ones. like a stretchy denim one, but that was very much a look at the beginning of the movie. A lot of colored shades, and I think this is one of the last movies where they, they kind of had that. Like the like sunglasses with colored lenses. Oh yeah, if you yeah. look at the Passport to Paris yeah. stills, so they have those little tiny colored sunglasses that are now popular again. And why? That you could, I don't know. No. We, My friend and I got like the cheapo versions from Venice, and we're like, these are awful. You like you? They look cool. They look cool. We'll take a picture. Whatever we have them to have. They don't them, do anything. But they're the worst type of sunglasses. But it's just interesting how they've come back all the way around again. Yeah. Again. Yeah, I know. And and we we learned the problem here is that we actually learn from the experience. And you're not gonna look any cooler than Mary no. Kate and Ashley with those tiny sunglasses. No, on. absolutely not. And then the biggest last thing in the looks here are floppy hats. They did a lot of the. They love some good hat work. They do, and so it's like a combination of like a. It's almost like a, a fall winter 
bucket hat. It's like the next natural evolution from like Blossom's hat, I think. Yes, absolutely. I think you because it's you not quite it. a bucket hat. Yeah. It's not quite like a wide brim hat or like a right. fedora. No, no, no. It's like somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. And definitely, I mean, they have. They will go on to wear like newsboy hats, like in New York Minute they yes, do. Yes. And I think in another one that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, maybe it's Holiday in the Sun, but they wear like a newsboy hat, and a different one. But uh, it's interesting that you bring up that Ashley is named Riley in Winning London because I think that that's lazy writing. Yeah. Because in so little time, which was their second venture into TV, the Olsen twin names were Chloe and Riley. Just like in Winning London. And Ashley, yeah, and they played the same parts. Yes. So little time, you might remember, I remember mostly the theme song. I just remember So little time, so much to do, I'd rather spend my time with you. It was a very cute show. It was just, I mean, maybe it says a lot more about me than anything else, but a huge reason why I liked the show is that it was incredibly thinly veiled. It was just about them, I believe they were in high school, and they were all about boys, shopping, school and family in that order and yeah. I also believe that's like the tagline for the show. Pretty much. They really did feel like regular teens mostly because of like the boy craziness and maybe that's just part of the part of them that I relate to most. That and like the shopping and the obsession with like trying to find the right combination of looks to finally figure out high school. <laughs> yeah. Or the to finally have someone's attention or pass a class for some reason or whatever it is that you want to channel through the look that you're trying to conjure up. Um, I really enjoyed that. But, like, they were just regular girls. They like going to the mall. They had friends. Um, I recall that they also had an Olsen Twins magazine that came out around this time, which was mm. about 2001, 2002. And I believe it was to replace their fan club because they had a long-running fan they club. They did. Um, I believe it started around the time of going to grandmother's house and then ended in 2000. But then I this was sort of another way to keep up with fans. All those videotapes would have commercials, like in. On yeah, the you could like send in, and you would to get a PO box number. You whatever. would essentially get like a fab, fab fit fun box of like Olsen twin shit every month or whatever, or every That's three why months. We love subscription boxes so much because of the Olsen twins. You guys, <laughs> we're solving things left and right. <laughs> But yeah, they had uh, a magazine that was like a companion piece. They also had books that went along with this TV show as well. It only had one season, and it was sort of messed up in its airing because halfway through it being on Fox Family, Fox Family got bought out by ABC Family, and ABC Family wasn't sure what they wanted to do with it. But because the syndicated episodes were doing well, they aired the rest of the first season, and it was 26 episodes. So again, that translates to probably closer to two to three seasons in... 2019 time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the show took place in Malibu and I remember in the opening credits it was always this like establishing shot of this like sick ass house on the beach Yeah, that I mean honestly due to mudslides and fires probably would not have survived but looked great on Aww. camera and they were right over the ocean and Taylor Negron R.I.P. was their R.I.P. housekeeper the fashion highlights for the show it was definitely the start of Mary Kate's boho chic look but the, to the both of their credits, they would wear, like, the oversized cardigan or, like, the loose band shirts or Javiana flip-flops. Like, they yeah. had, like, those little platform flip-flops that they wore all the time. Right, right, right. A carryover was definitely, like, the beach wave. Yeah. But now I feel like both of them were sort of sporting, like, a beach wave. But if one was doing a beach wave, then the other one had to have, like, a bandana or a hat or a hair accessory. Right, right. 
to and differentiate. There, this was also like the errant braid mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like a half up, like a messy half updo or like a messy bun. Yeah. yeah. That was sort of like their un, the beginning of like the unkempt era, but because it was on ABC Fox Family, they had to kind of make it a little cleaned up just because of by nature of who owns them. Yeah. Uh, again, more bandanas. You can see them rocking in all of their movies. Um, and also more cool accessories, but this time it was like chokers, but like a braided choker or like the yeah. ones that you would wrap around and tie yourself. Yes, yes, yes. And a lot of like statement chokers that would look kind of almost like uh, something was holding up your head. Right. And, and huge quite... watches and yeah. like bangle bracelets yeah, were a big yeah, thing yeah. then too. Again, another show that definitely greatly influenced my style going into high school. Me too. Just by nature, again, of them being around the same age as me, going through the same thing, and then just candidly having, like, a boring-ass show about just what teen girls do in high school. Right, right. No, It was sure. like Boy Meets World, but with twins, and it was just sort of a meandering look at that, mostly a comedy. But I remember a lot of their outfits from that and wanting to emulate that in my style of, like, flowy skirts or, like, you were saying, peasant tops. Right, really faded jeans, like... With huge holes. Yeah, It was, like, kind of the start of, like, Abercrombie and Finch as well. Yeah. So, like, also tight thermal shirts. Yes. Um, And then beyond the flip-flops... Oh, so the other accessories were, like, because they were in Malibu, they would always have, like, some flair, like, um, like an anklet or, like, toe rings or whatever. Right, right. So I remember that the most. And I really liked So Little Time. I thought it was a charming little show. I really liked it, too. It was a great show. Um, The next movie that comes out for them is going to be Holiday in the Sun. And I don't want to deep dive too much into it, but this one is the most ridiculous. It just made me angry. Lay it on me. All right. Mary-Kate and Ashley go on vacation with their family to the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas. Okay. Which is an expensive resort. They're pissed because they didn't get to go to Hawaii with their friends on for vacation. Uh-oh. And, of course, they took a private jet to get there because their dad pilots private jets. What the fuck? They're loaded. This isn't relatable content. This is probably why this I never is, saw this one. No, it made me so angry rereading this and realizing, like, how fucking spoiled they were. Anyway, like, get it wanting to be with your friends, but, oh, they get their own suite at the resort, too, by the, the way. What the fuck? Yeah. That's so unfair. So it's not even like, me. I gotta go with my parents. It's, mm, I have to go with my parents and we get our own room. And we're teenagers. I'm like, that's, anyway. Best case scenario of traveling with your family. Seriously. I didn't even get my own room. No. I traveled with my mom. Never. I never get, no. So Mary and Ashley's family's on vacation with their family friends. They have a son who <coughs> is the same age as them and is obsessed with Mary-Kate's character and his name is Griffin. Gross. He proceeds to pull some Cyrano de Bergerac shit. Oh, not my father, the hero. I forget which one or Roxanne. Roxanne, um, uh, that one Netflix movie which I can't Sierra remember. Sierra Burgess is a loser. Yes, justice for Barb. Um, <laughs> so of course, hashtag Barb deserved it. Okay, moving on. So Griffin, the son of the family, it, he later is the actor who was on One Tree Hill for a while. Who? Not not Chad Michael Murray, uh, but the other one, the brown haired one. No, not him. Uh, Austin Nichols. Oh, he would go so, on to date Sophia, Sophia Bush. Bush. So he plays the creepy stalker kid. Oh, he's also the moron dipshit on Walking Dead. Yes, 
He plays like one of the community's sons. That fucking moron. Yeah. Well, he. God. He's, why does he always play a dipshit? He's a di- he's creepy stalker in this. All right. Great. I, to the point where I remembered verbatim this quote in the movie because it was the creepiest shit I had ever heard. So here it goes. He's doing a Cyrano situation because um, Mary <laughs> Cyrano situation. Mary Kate's character is has a crush on a guy at the resort whose name is Scott, and he's a total dud, like a complete dumbass. Griffin has to tell him all about his, his like his her favorite things and whatnot. He writes fucking cue cards that the guy is reading off of at a resort while he's on a date with Mary Kate's character. She later finds out that he is not the person she thought he was, and of course it's been Griffin the whole time. Right. And then later, she's like, she confronts him about it. She's like, yo, Griffin, like, you know all this stuff about me. I don't know anything about you. And he's like, everybody's got a hobby, right? You're mine. That is an exact quote before they have their first kiss. What? He should be arrested not kissing her. That is, if I'm a parent and I'm hearing about my son saying shit like this, So she has Stockholm Syndrome? Apparently. She gaslit her into falling in love with him? Apparently. So much so that 20 years later, I'm still remembering this line. And you're still mad. I'm so angry. Now, this is a case of one of those movies where they threw in a plot twist just to say they had a plot outside of the girls going on vacation and meeting cute boys. So, in the last 15 minutes, by the way, Ashley's character is into one of the resort employees, Jordan. Of course, so is the mean, rich heiress girl at this resort who is played by Megan Fox. Oh. I feel bad for Megan Fox because, among other things, in the early 2000s, most of her characters were one-dimensional bitch characters in high school. Like, she is such, as we know, a much more versatile actress. Yeah. But she got shafted from the get-go. Um, Michael Bay did not help matters. No, he did not. Justice for Megan. <laughs> um, and we mentioned her in our Lindsay Lohan episode as well. But anyways, Atlanta's resort employee is into Ashley's character over Megan Fox's character because, duh. And in the midst of all this relationship drama, there's this insane plot around Jordan the resort employee has been framed for stealing a bunch of ancient artifacts and he is wrongfully arrested. This all happens in the last 15, 20 minutes, by the way, of course. Um, So they all cross paths with the man stealing all this stuff. So then once Jordan gets arrested, the twins, it's on the twins and Griffin to find a way to clear his name. And it's like kind of an afterthought plot, but finally they do some shenanigans and of course they're able to catch the right guy and all is well. So that's, that's pretty much it. Um, honestly, the fashion highlights, this one disappointed me a bit. I did enjoy the island Hawaiian print. This was big for a while. I remember there were a lot of sundresses you'd wear with like island tiki Hawaiian Oh, definitely. Print. Um, a lot of hibiscus and um, Tony Havana light or whatever. Tommy Beth. Yep. <laughs> wow. I only know that because my dear father has... A Tommy Bahamas shirt or two. Love you, Dad. Um, yeah, well, I just made him a weird gangster. <laughs> Tony Bonanno. It's like a combo of, like, Tony Soprano and Bonobos. Like, I don't know what's happening. Can you imagine? It's like a Soprano's the vacation years. <laughs> So anyway, the, anyway, so fashion here was not some of the most inspirational. Uh, again, a lot of headbands, a lot of um, camo bikinis. And, oh God, no! Yeah, I mean, it was more maybe more what just year like was army this? green. This is like two thousand one, two thousand two, I think, if I recall correctly. It's uh, yes, two thousand one. So like peak, you know, Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Child Survivor. Right, so they had, like, it was definitely, if not a camo bikini, at least it was, like, an army green bikini, but, like, sure. it's, 
Anyway, so this was one of the lesser inspirational uh, fashion Olsen twin movies, in my opinion. Um, and that's that's pretty much it for um, Holiday in the Sun. Yikes. Off my place. I don't ever want to watch that movie. No. Out of all of the bizarre plot ones, it, I think the one that I would want to revis- revisit the most is Winning London um, and also New York Minute, which I think turned 15. It was released in 2004. Mm-hmm. But I had heard that somebody at the Met Gala red carpet recently from this year when the Olsen twins walked, they were like, New York Minute! And some headline was like, it's New York Minute's 15th anniversary. I was like, what is happening? And who wants to commemorate that? Well, I saw this movie in theaters. It was one of their few theatrical releases. Actually, it's the second one and the only one after that. And then Mary-Kate would go on to just be like in Beastly and then have cameo and like weeds and stuff but oh yeah it was a big deal when it came out i or at least a big deal to me and it was a big deal for them because they were also executive producers on it i believe as well. well and they were on all of their movies but yeah this is the first one where it's like an actual cinematic release that yes. where they were executive producers because they weren't executive producers on it takes two right um because they were like five eight or whatever how yeah. old but this was like theatrical their executive producing and it was also sort of like they weren't supposed to do any more acting after this or at least it was unclear if they were going to continue because yeah. this was the last thing that they were going to do before they started turning to LaRoe and Elizabeth and James and all of their dedicated fashion lines and they went to NYU for a hot sack right after for a, about released, a year yeah, right after they and that was movie. I think that was the impetus for them taking an acting break was that they wanted to just focus on being normal college kids right but because they're incredibly rich and successful they're not allowed to do that mm-hmm. um, and Whatever. I mean, on top of if you if just to like quickly piggy pack on the grossness of Holiday in the Sun. I mean, around this time was when there were like websites de- dedicated to counting down oh, when yeah. they turned eighteen. Just legit the fucking grossest shit. I mean, where, and I why really hope we're past this. Good idea. Why did anyone ever think that was a good idea? I don't know. It, it's disgusting, but people still do it. I, I think know. to a certain extent, and I really wish y'all would fucking grow the fuck up. Mm-mm. Anyway, and they're rich and successful. They don't want anybody that's gonna have a countdown clock on a website domain. You think they want to date somebody that's not good with their fucking money and waste on something so fucking stupid like a countdown clock on your stupid GeoCities page? Oh my God. You turd. Burglar. Anyway. Someone spent time coding that. I know. That's what, You should feel embarrassed. <laughs> anyway, I saw this in theaters. I'm a little bit ashamed to say that I was a big fan of the cover that they did of Suffragette City, where Mary-Kate plays the drums, and I've always wanted to play the drums, and so I thought it was cool that she played somebody that played the drums, <laughs> and it was very embarrassing that I liked this cover, because it's not a good cover. I listened to it today. It was bad. It was not good. Mm. But I stand by 17-year-old or 16-year-old me, whatever. She doesn't fucking know any better. Um, this movie also had, like, a very questionable cast. Oh, my starting God. Starting with Jack Osborne as Eugene Levy's truancy officer accomplice. Oh, my God. Um, the crux of this movie culminates in the twins getting to a Simple Plan concert. Yep, there's crowd surfing. Yeah, they're fun and fancy free. To escape. They're right. trying to run away. Because then Eugene Levy also tries yeah. to stage drive yeah, and he yeah, falls. Yeah. You know that classic of course. Wayne's World bit. Yes, of course. Um, 
Yeah, Mary Kate's a drummer. Ashley's trying to get a scho- a full ride scholarship to Oxford. It didn't do well in the box office. No. Can we also just let me just quickly go over what the villain in this movie is played by Andy Richter, like the ultimate villain, which was oh right, which was something. Um, and then the ultimate like why there he's evil and like what he's doing is that he and his mother buy and sell illegal pirated DVDs and CDs. That's their operation, and that's why they had this chip that was like very valuable because it contained all that information. And at the same time, Mary Kate's trying to dodge truancy officer Eugene Levy, who's again a grown ass man, yeah, trying to persecute a 17 year old girl for reasons unknown because they're also racing against the clock to go graduate. Well, so it's um, Ashley Olsen is in the running for a potential study abroad scholarship, right? They she needs to go deliver a speech in New York. Oh, a speech. And from but I also thought that they were like very close to being done with high they school. They were. So that's why. So she, this would be a, a scholarship for her to go study abroad for college. Right. I just thought there was a, an actual graduation involved. There may have been, but I'm, I'm But I'm pretty sure it's just a concert. Yeah. And they, they, the speech that she makes is because she's she's making that speech in front of some senators who are going to be granting the scholarship to someone. Right. Played by Andrea Martin. And uh, Daryl Hammond. The, the versatile Andrea Martin. We're going to try to make a shout out to her in every we single We should one of obviously just make a whole episode about just the various. We should just read her IMDb page. That we, would be a whole episode. It would last and a while. And just comment on the various roles that she plays <laughs> and various ethnicities. So many ethnicities. Um, some of the fashion highlights for me out of this uh, the vintage band t shirts. Of course. Next. She has Metallica. Mary Kate has a vintage Metallica shirt. Ripped jeans. Ripped jeans and a red page boy cap. I mean, a, a huge portion of this movie, well, not a huge portion, but like a, it goes on for too long, but Ashley's like in a towel for a lot of it. They have like three outfits each. This is one of their like signature moves. Yeah, yeah. They have they have those I Heart NY. So, right, Ashley, they get those matching shirts yeah. after. So, they, there is a very Let's just say the scene would be mocked endlessly if it were to come out in a movie today. But there's like a scene where they go, they get lost and they're like in the Bronx or Harlem or something and they go to a beauty shop and they get dolled up by the black women that run it there. And it's, it's not great, Bob. It's not great. It's just like, it's just really tone deaf and dumb. And then they make a lot of like, they made it like a drive-by joke. It was not, you know, all of it is uncomfortable. Really terrible stereotypes. And let's hope to God this would never get remade. I don't think so. So no. remade by who? Who's calling know. for it? I don't know. Someone. <laughs> Andy Richter? God. Oh, don't. He has a good career on Twitter, though. Andy Richter. And, uh, and he has a good Conan career on Twitter. Conan, yeah. yeah. I don't think Twitter pays you. No, it doesn't. But he's one of my favorite follows. The other, so there, and then. <laughs> Rick Ashley, Band shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah so Rick, their I Love New York shirts come into play. Yeah. After they somehow, like, sully their current outfits and they go into, like, a souvenir shop and buy these matching outfits. Yeah, and so they're wearing I Heart. They're, and they're a little distressed, too, because they did that with all their shirts. Like, a little ripped, like, to make it kind of a V-neck. But yeah. I think that was built into the plot, like of they course. something happened and then yeah. the shirt ropes. Yeah, of course. And then like a short red mini skirt that they're both they're both wearing those. And then they also Ashley's wearing kind of like a Chanel esque suit at the beginning when yes. she's doing her like scholarship stuff. Um, but those are the biggest outfits really. And then the towel, but like that's there really aren't any other outfits out of this. I think yeah, other really than the Mary Kate's yeah, other than Mary Kate's out, initial outfit with the red um, newsboy cap. Yeah, yes, and Metallica the, shirt. Yeah, yeah. So eleven percent. But I would definitely say minutes. that we saw an increase in I Heart New York shirts after that for a while. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So one quick thing. So this is around the time that Mary-Kate and Ashley go to NYU and people always talk about, oh my God, they're boho chic style. They were so known for wearing all these crazy layers and stuff. And it was because like they had lived and they said this in an interview once they had lived in Southern California their whole life. And like they went to New York and they were not prepared for New York fall and winter. So on top of their crazy style, that's all they had in terms of clothes. So that's why they were wearing all sorts of like layered leggings on sweaters, on shirts and like all sorts of craziness. It's because that's all they had in their wardrobe. And like they were, I mean, that makes sense. I definitely, remember there was that paparazzi photo after Mary Kate left rehab and she was in like flowy layered top and like ripped jeans and that was like a fashion moment in and of itself as well yeah yeah and so their layered boho look was also sort of like borrowing from British style as well, which I think helped heavily influence them since they've spent quite a bit of time in the UK as well yeah absolutely um so in terms of just want to go into fashion I guess I mean yeah I mean we're we're winding down with the movies so really what's interesting with I think they've become really established fashion brands right at this point at this point because of the Walmart lines they're like household names for not just acting anymore and, and for TV but for everything that they've done so in 2006 they end up starting the row named after i think it's pronounced savile row in london yeah um and it's a high seville seville i'm sorry guys i've never been to london they it's a high-end fashion line um so this is like the their highest line this is going to be like highest price point like think things are costing about thousand dollars a piece i mean they have like a cashmere t-shirt that's like a couple hundred bucks right so it's it's very high end 2007 they start elizabeth and James, which is named after their brother and sister, Elizabeth. And then their brother's name is Trent, but I think his first name's James or whatever. Anyway, but that one's like going to be, a, it's still pricey, like a couple hundred dollars, but it's definitely. But the row is definitely like high fashion. Right. Like they are at New York Fashion Week right, and right, Paris right. Fashion Very, Week. Like, and I believe minimalist. the row also was awarded a CFDA yeah. award. And I have that. So they, uh, so with Elizabeth and James, it's a little bit more vintage focused looking. And then they start a bunch of other things, but what's incredible. It's their like ready to wear right, brand, right? Exactly. Like, like sportswear ready to wear, whatever you want to call it. Um, they joined CFDA at 23. So the Council That's of Fashion crazy. Designers of America. Yeah. They're invited at 23. And then they get named Women's Wear Designers of the Year by CFDA in 2012 for the row. And also in 2015. Um, and then they're also named Accessory Designers of the Year for row, the row in 2014. And they started a couple of other things like Olsen Boy. Style Mint was like their t-shirt foray. That Olsen they did. Boy was part of JCPenney, but I don't yeah. believe it exists anymore. No, and neither does Style um, uh, that's when there were a bunch of celebrities doing lines of, uh, of just like clothing lines and right. some have survived like Fabletics, but then there are others. This was one that I think was sort of popular, but not incredibly popular, but they are, I mean this, like for me, the biggest thing with Mary Kate and Ashley is that, um, they really are the biggest ones who started the boho chic, um, oversized look. Um, that was really popularized later by also Sienna Miller, Kate Moss, and Rachel Zoe, of course, which I loved the Zoe report. Um, I quote it all the time. I don't know if you ever watched it on Bravo. A little bit here and there. Um, I mainly watched it because I, I would also say Nicole Richie, too, oh, yeah, emulates absolutely. their style a lot. Yes, and yes. she was also a client of Rachel Zoe. So yeah. I honestly just kind of watched because she was Nicole Richie's stylist. And it makes sense that I also think that Nicole Richie has great style. So, And, and she also has a really great fashion brand now, too. Yeah, yeah, Harlow, House of Harlow. Yeah, yeah, and then she does accessories as well. And she has a ready-to-wear, yeah. I believe, with... It's like a collaboration with 
evolve, revolve. I think you're right. Revolution or no? Um, Maybe it's revolution. I forget. What's One of my bridesmaids. Reformation. Is no? it? I don't know. I don't know. One of my bridesmaids bought a dress through them, and it's really cool. cute. Oh, nice. And it wasn't that expensive. Yeah, I mean, so they're essentially, they're fashion empire. So I've got two quotes. Go ahead. Um, one says that the fashion empire, the empire is worth $400 million, that Mary Kay and Ashley are worth $400 million. Combined? Combined. Uh, Forbes in 2007 ranked them as the 11th richest women in entertainment with an estimated net worth of $100 million. Um, so they're definitely worth a couple hundred million. I'm not sure what the exact one is. But the fashion empire in total, I think, is worth a billion dollars. Wow. Because, I mean, think about it. If you have the row and then you also... And I'm wondering if this is, like, quoting everything all together. Sure. I, I can't get the specifics. And the but. row is, is now, this year, going to do a collaboration line with Kohl's. Similar to brand partnerships like H&M did with Dolce & Gabbana or even Who, What, Where for Target. Right. It's going to be like a consumer price line for women, and I believe they also recently launched a menswear line. Yeah, and so I think it might also incorporate menswear aspects as well. Right, but that's one of the most anticipated launch, like fashion launches of this year. So I'm not surprised. It, they're really smart about how they diversify their lines and how they roll out things, and they're they've always been very in touch with what their audience wants. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what's interesting with with Mary Kate and Ashley is that as they evolved personally with their styles and what their career choices were, they are amongst, in my opinion, just a prime example of people who were famous because of one platform, but worked incredibly hard to establish themselves in another world. And, um, and I think it's in weird way, kind of symbolic of what millennials will have to do with our careers. You know, like a lot of us are, I think are expected to switch careers several times over the course of our lives. And while these are extreme examples of the Olsen twins, I think there's a bit of that of just being able to re reinvent themselves and be respected and regarded. Exactly. I think they are definitely the model that most people hope that they'll be able to emulate. I mean, they really are self-made million and I suppose billionaires at this yeah, point. Yeah. And I feel like they're, they're smart about their media presence as well. Like, they're not on social media right. that much. They only give industry interviews. They're sort of taking a page from Beyonce in a lot of ways and how they deal with press. And also how they roll things out. And people respect them and they like them. And they're respected not only by their audience who have been following them for probably a long time, whether it be from Full House or even from like a fashion perspective, but yeah. even fashion industry insiders bow down to them. They get invited to the Met Gala. They're chairs on stuff. They're chairs of like important fashion boards, I mean. Right. And they, even from a young age, were recognized for respected, like for holding up worker rights. Like they were one of the first that. Right. I remember reading that. Gave maternity leave to their Bangladesh workers. And I think they were 18 or 19 when they did that. So they've been internationally recognized. They're well-respected. And their fashion definitely has a, a lasting impact. And I think it speaks volumes because it is very evident in how things are going for them now since they are so a part of fashion currently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting that there are a whole generation of people who, if you didn't ever watch a Mary-Kate and Ashley, because I, I don't even know if this generation below us watches Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. I don't think so. No, I... Because I, I also don't think they hold up that well, as well, we discovered while going through some of these. And the concept of the direct-to-video thing, I mean, like, it's one thing when Netflix releases stuff like that, but yeah, it's... Uh, you're absolutely right. They didn't age very well, and I think it is very much stuck in a 
time capsule that was perfect for people our age or around our age. I agree. But there's a whole group of people out there who may only know of Mary Kate and Ashley as fashion designers. like Which is great. I think that's probably what they want. Exactly. They have really made a concise and conscious effort to get away from acting and be very hyper-focused on fashion. I mean, even Mary Kate has sort of, I don't know if she would ever return to acting at all. I mean, they yeah. don't, I think the point is that they don't need to work. But no. they still work, and they work very hard, and they're very strategic and smart about the things that they do, and I think that has a lot to do also with why they're still successful. And as we've seen, many child stars don't have this kind of career at all, no. so they are a bit of a unicorn situation. They really are. But throughout all of it, I still feel like they retain some sort of approachable girl-next-door vibe. Yeah. I don't know how, even when they're wearing really expensive designers, it, there's something about them, I think, Maybe because you've seen them since they were babies, but you feel like, oh yeah, I could probably do that. Or maybe I could do like the C-level version of what they're doing. But I feel like they're, they've always maintained a good attainable aspirational aspect to their public life persona. Yeah. I also think they actually look their age, which is something that was big when we were kids. Like there's so yeah, many. Yeah, they look like teenagers. That they I so many times in my notes I wrote like they were just like my friends. Yeah. Because they were never like super popular and nor did they go too far the other way like, oh we're such jerks and nobody likes us. Like there was nothing out of character. They were just sort of like average. And they were pretty but they weren't like not uh threatening pretty. Right. Not Megan is, Fox pretty. Which is horrible, but in terms of, like, relatability when you're I think it's so tough to do yeah. when you're that same age, though. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're famous. Yeah. So I think it's difficult to be somebody that young girls, that you're the same young girls that look up to you. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Anyway, long live the Olsen twins. Yeah. Good for you, ladies. Unproblematic faves. Yeah. Anything else? Any other stats you want to... One last one. Get through? The Dual Star brand has been sold in more than 3,000 stores in the United States and over 5,300 stores worldwide. I mean, they're fucking rich. They're so rich. I want their business managers. I mean, there's nothing for that dude to manage, but... Was it Robert Thorne, I think? Something like that. He's the one that helped them start Dual Star, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Great, yeah. It's nice that they're not, like, a Macaulay Culkin situation. It feels so good to still, <laughs> that you can still be fans of them and not be like, oh, and then there goes that time. There was never really that time. No, no. All right, well, we've come to the natural conclusion of this episode. Yes. Uh, please rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also on Spotify. Yep. And on SoundCloud if yeah. you're into that for whatever reason. Not to shit on SoundCloud. They're great. Um, but we're on all of those platforms. We are also on Instagram. You can follow us at the Old Millennials Pod. Um, we're posting content there all the time. Come check us out. We're also individually on Twitter because who wants to maintain a separate podcast Twitter account? Not us. Sorry. Um, But you can follow me, Margot, at Margs, she wrote. And you can follow me, Emily, at Emily A. Bejan. And if you have any ideas about topics you would like us to cover in future episodes, you can email us at, email us at, is it Old Millennials Podcast? It's oldmillennialspod at gmail.com. What she said. (laughs) And until next time, bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.